Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hayes' Higher Learning. My name is Ashley Hayes, and this week we are talking about The Four Agreements, which is a book by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, this book is actually on the Hayes' Higher Learning reading list, which you can find on Instagram at Hayes' Higher Learning or on ashleyhayes.com slash Hayes' Higher Learning. And I read this book about a year ago, and it has really been a game changer for me. So the book is centered on a belief by the Toltec people of Mexico that every man dreams his own dream. And Don Miguel argues that somewhere shortly after birth, we begin a process of domestication. We are told what to do and what not to do, where to go, where not to go, what to believe, what not to believe. And you usually don't get a say in it. And I was raised Christian and it wasn't until I was an adult that I really started to question those belief systems and really open myself up to what other religions and idea systems had to offer. So Brene Brown defines spirituality as the belief that every human is inextricably connected. We're so connected so much that you cannot separate our bonds. And the Four Agreements is an offering that pushes us to engage in that connection in accountable and healthy ways. So Don Miguel sets up the book by talking about domestication. He talks about how our parents and our communities make us like them. Um, we are told to stop doing what we are doing and and very slowly conditioned to be like the people around us. And we come to learn that anything that is in contrast to that is a sin. And Don Miguel redefines sin as anything you do to go against yourself. And that is a huge departure from what I understood sin to be, which is anything that goes against God. But when we realize that we sort of create God in our images, we realize that sin, um, to be defined that way, is a constantly changing definition. And we'll talk about redefining God later um, in some future episodes. So, in Mastery of Love, he talks about sex and how viewing it as sin has damaged society because when people want sex, especially when they want it outside of heteronormative marriage, they often judge themselves for it. And later in this series, we'll talk about unlearning sexual shame, which was super difficult to me being raised in the church. And he goes on to say that humans punish themselves endlessly for not being what they believe they should be. And we create this image of perfection, or maybe it's given to us. And when we do something that is outside of what we think is perfection, we then judge ourselves for it. And Don Miguel urges that true justice is paying for a mistake only once. And we'll talk more about this in restorative justice, because ultimately, I want love to drive justice, not fear. And so he says, if, you, if someone abuses you a little less than you abuse yourself, you will tolerate that abuse endlessly. This snatched my wig because I realized that a lot of toxic relationships I had, all of them were because that person was just slightly less mean to me than I was to myself. We talked about healthy self-talk and emotional safety, and that's a tool that helps us move past this. So this will take a lot of energy to unlearn and to learn new ways of interacting with people. But once you get them, I think you'll notice an increase in peace and I think you'll be energized by love. Each time you break an agreement that doesn't serve you, all the power you use to create it returns to you. So let's talk about the agreements that don't serve us. And I think this is a good time to actually talk about what an agreement is. Agreement in terms of like social contract to say that um, we will engage in society in this way. We will have two parent homes with one man and one woman. Um, people will dress in ways that fit their gender. People will have biological children. All of these are agreements. And so a few 
few of the ones that I want to talk about. The first is the agreement to be manipulative when you don't get what you want. I think the children are using the term finesse nowadays. And finesse, as I understand it to be, in the context of like finessing someone out of something, really is manipulation. Um, The agreement to not say what we think or relationships that depend on our silence don't serve us. There are so many people, femmes especially, who do not speak up for themselves for fear of being naggy or demanding and ultimately have a fear that a person will leave them if they speak up. That doesn't serve us. Another agreement that doesn't serve us is thinking relationships have to look a certain way, like you have to be heteronormative or they have to be Christian or monogamous. All of this doesn't serve us. We have the right to have our relationships look how we want them to look. And many people believe that homosexuality is a sin. And then they abuse themselves and often others when they have an attraction that challenges that. And we have lost way too many trans folks over straight men's agreement to adhere to a certain definition of manhood. And these are the agreements I'm after, the agreements that that cause people to, to cause harm and violence to others. So this work urges us to be who we are, not who we think we should be. And Don Miguel suggests that we keep these agreements instead. So the first agreement he offers is to be impeccable with your word. He says, your word is a force. It is the power you have to express and communicate, to think and thereby create the events in your life. And Ruiz argues that your word is your greatest tool you have, that you can create a beautiful dream or what he calls a living hell. And when you are in When you are impeccable with your word, you take responsibility for your actions, but you do not judge and punish yourself for your actions. He calls self-rejection the greatest sin. I think self-rejection is apparent in people who lie about who they are. Usually, they have rejected themselves first and thus assume that others will reject them as well. So they lie in order to be accepted. But really, this is false acceptance. When you you truly accept yourself as you are, I think you tell people the truth and you give them the opportunity to fuck with you as you are. It is an injustice to rob people of the opportunity to fuck with you. I definitely did that. I've done that. Um, I've made decisions to go back to my ex after bouts of screaming matches and him tearing up my property. And then I would lie to people or not tell the whole truth if we were back together. And that's because I was judging myself instead of investigating. I was saying, you stupid girl, word to Jasmine Sullivan, and I expected other people to do the same. Um, And now I'm working towards impeccability, being upfront about who I am and my faults and giving people the chance to love me. And most people use words to spread poison. Um, They use it to express jealousy and envy and hate and people playing revenge and create hate between races, nations, genders, families. And he goes on to, to um, he goes into an example of a girl whose mom comes home with a headache. And little, the little girl is singing and playing in her own little world. And since the mom has no tolerance for those sounds and singing, she yells at the little girl. And she also goes on to say that she has an ugly voice. Instead of taking responsibility for her emotions and communicating nonviolently, she uses her word to harm. And thus, the little girl never sings again. We know this person. We know the person who had a teacher who taunted them when they were a kid or who called their drawings ugly. And I am here to heal those parts of ourselves that have been hurt by other people um, taken out and spreading that poison with their words. Um, Ruiz writes that whenever we hear an opinion and believe it, 
we make an agreement and it becomes part of our belief system. I want to use this time to charge us to be careful with our opinions and to really work on being intentional with our words. It is difficult to heal this pain or as Ruiz writes, quote unquote, break the spell. I want to be accountable that I've given my opinions with the intentions to harm people. Um, And we heal this wound by words of affirmations, which we talked a bit about in emotional safety. You are enough. Your voice is beautiful. I want us to take a time, take time um, to give ourselves words of affirmation because other people's stuff is about them, which we'll talk a little bit more. You are brilliant. Now, I will probably never say that your mixtape is hot. I'm just, that's just not who I am as a person. But I will say that your work is not dependent on someone else's response to it. Just because something is not my taste or just because I don't like it does not invalidate or validate your work. And my life coach actually taught me that. So use your words for love and to speak what you want into existence and to take responsibility, not to tear down other people because you feel uncomfortable. And sometimes being impeccable with your word means not giving it. Sometimes you have to not make new agreements. You have to not sign that job or not sign that lease or not get into that relationship and say, you know what? I need some time to think. Feel free to do that and take space and be responsible with the words that you do give. Remember, there is no practitioner of love who deceives. So we're called to be honest with our words, and that is being impeccable. And this is highly, highly abridged, y'all. So please get the book. Um, I got the book and I listened to the audio and it was really, really dope for me. Um, The second agreement he offers is to not take anything personally. The quote that changed my life was nobody does anything because of you. Remember, every man dreams his own dream. So when people lash out, shut down, ghost, make you responsible for their emotions, it is because of what is going on with them. When your boss is being mean and placing blame, it's about them, not you. Whenever you take another person's opinion personally, especially especially an undesirable one, you get offended and then you want to defend your beliefs and then that creates conflict. And my partner Pam reminds me that the opposite is also true. When people do and say desirable things to you, they send those good morning text messages, they show up, they pick you up. It is a reflection of their self-worth and not necessarily about you. Remember, nobody does anything because of you. There's no exception to the rule. What we do is about us. And Don Miguel writes that you may tell me, Miguel, what you're saying is hurting me, but it's not what I'm saying that's hurting you. It is the wounds that I touch by what I have said. Catherine Woodward Thomas writes in Calling in the One, you know a wound is healed when someone touches it and it doesn't hurt anymore. So I really want y'all to get this about not taking anything personally. People really, it's not the people hurt us, right? We can experience trauma, but we recognize that trauma and deal with it and heal it instead of making it about us because it's not, it's about them. I think this ties into um, what we talked about in All About Love, punishing people for their truths. If someone rejects you, it's not about you and your worth. Yes, there may be some things that you did outside of your integrity that contributed to that, and you can deal with that. You can be accountable for your part. But ultimately, what they do is about them. That rejection is about them just not being interested for whatever reason. And you can take that information and then do what's best for you. 
Um, The third agreement is do not make assumptions. We have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with assumptions is that we believe they are true. Growing up, I used to hear a saying, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. And it's amazing to me how many people who say that also assume a lot. And this is a call in for myself. I'm the type of person, I used to take small actions and create these big assumptions. Don Miguel uses the example of seeing someone you like and then being nice to you by holding a door open and even asking for your number. And by the time they get to the last digit of giving me their number, in my mind, I'm halfway down the aisle because I've created this dream based on the assumption that they like me back. And Pam often reminds me and the films of Girls Growing that actions and love have to show up every day. Now, my homies think I'm cold because if a dude texts me now one nice thing, I let it be one nice thing. I don't try to create this story of him being the one. Just because you text me good morning does not mean anything other than good morning. Let people's actions speak for themselves. Don't create Don't create um, these stories based on your assumptions. Just because he brought me tacos today doesn't mean anything other than he brought me tacos. And y'all, I promise, there is a dude that texts me good morning every day. And old assuming me would take that to mean that he's interesting, but new me realized that's the only thing he was doing. And so instead of being mad that he isn't doing more or forcing him into my idea of what I think he should be, I simply let a good morning text be a good morning text and I manage my expectations. And we also have the tendency to assume the worst. Like if someone is not answering the phone, we may assume that they're ignoring us. Them not answering is not about you. And you don't know what's going on. Humans are really good at making up stories and need to fill the gaps with reasons why. Things just are what they are. True love requires knowledge. If that person loves themselves and you, they will tell you why they aren't answering. Remember, love delights in the truth. And Don Miguel Ruiz writes that making assumptions in our relationships is really asking for problems. Often we make the assumption that our partners know what we think and we don't have to say what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we assume they should do, we feel hurt. Now, this is just, is this not the definition of crazy? Like doing the same thing and expecting different results. Stop making assumptions about people and then being mad when they don't do what you thought they should do. We often make assumptions to fulfill our need to know and to replace our need to communicate. Gotta talk to each other. We talked about this. Um, we talked about tools to communicate effectively in our last episode. Remember, you may have to rumble. You might have to deal with this over and over again. You may think a person sees the relationship how you see it. You would be far better to ask questions about their views than to make assumptions. And the biggest assumption we make is that our love will change a person. I'm going to say that again because I think it's worth repeating. The biggest assumption we make is that our love will change a person. Sadly, my darlings, it will not. You don't need to justify love. It is there or it is not. Real love is accepting people as they are without trying to change them. 
I try now to say, I don't want to assume, so I'm going to ask this question that might be tough to answer. And in the end of my last long-term relationship, I began asking about his relationships with other people, and I was met with silence. That's not love, and that's not for me to assume what it is or what it isn't. It's for me to walk away with my integrity and my peace and not to create, not to keep creating stories that aren't about me. The fourth and final agreement that Don Miguel offers is do your best. He writes to always do your best and to be mindful that your best changes minute to minute. Brene Brown teaches intently the idea that everyone is doing their best. And people who don't think that about other people usually don't think they're doing their own best. They live in judgment of themselves and often judge others. Don Miguel uses an example of a man who wanted to transcend his suffering. So he asked a master at a temple, if I meditate four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend? And the master replied, "Mm, maybe 10 years. He said, if I meditate eight hours a day, how long will it take to transcend? And the master said, maybe 20 years. The master goes on to say, you are not here to sacrifice your life or your joy. You are here to live, be happy, and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but spend eight instead, you will grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life. Do your best, y'all, and don't try. Remember, don't puff up, don't shrink down. Do your best and only your best. Do your best and don't try to overshoot it. Doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you expect a reward for it. He argues that most people at work look forward to payday and the weekends, and many people work for the reward, and as a result, they resist the work and often fall short of doing their best. He says, if you wait all week looking to Friday, you're not being present in Monday or Tuesday. And I believe in gig culture where I can do my best in 20 hours rather than spend 20 hours on Facebook wishing I was somewhere else. Um, I'm not really a fan of the 40-hour work week because science shows that most people aren't productive the entire 40 hours. One, we can't be um, because we're not built built like that to be minute-to-minute producers. You're worth more than what you produce every minute. So take the 20 hours, do your best, do what you can, and watch some Great British Bake Show. That's what I do. If you take an action just for doing it without expecting a reward, you will enjoy everything you do. The rewards will come, but you are not attached to them or working for them. When you do your best, you learn to accept yourself, but you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning means you practice, look honestly at the results, and you keep practicing. I think it's important to zero in on looking honestly at the results. Um, I actually just said the Einstein quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and accepting different results. And when we do our best, we look at the results and then we change what we're doing, not because of a reward, but because we gauge it against what we said we wanted for ourselves. And when we align our actions with our dreams, then we really become masters. Remember, um, practice makes the master. Repetition makes the master. If those actions haven't aligned, if you have harmed yourself or punished yourself or not changed your actions after not seeing results, use your power to forgive yourself right now. 
This is me, Ashley Hayes, talking to you listening. Um, when we talk about doing your best, if there's an instance where you think you didn't do your best or you're beating yourself up over a decision that you made, I want you to forgive yourself right now. I want you to hear me say that I forgive you, um, even if it wasn't personally for me, just for you to experience that and to know that you do have the power to go on doing your best with what you have and learning from your mistakes and doing better. Don Miguel urges that the first three agreements only work when we commit to do our best. You won't always be impeccable with your word. You won't always not assume. You won't always not take things personally. But you've had many years to develop these habits and beliefs. But try your best. Do a little more each day. And I think you will notice, um, you'll notice more love in your life. Remember, every man dreams his own dream. And I dream of peace and love and acceptance of people as they are and being accepted as I am, not who I think I should be. So the song of the week is Lizzo, Good As Hell. You can find more about Hayes' Higher Learning and learn ways to support us at www.ashleyhayes.com slash Hayes' Higher Learning. Thank you so much for tuning in with me here at Hayes' Higher Learning. We are learning better, doing better, and being better together. Y'all have a great week.